When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg. Ian's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Can I just say one thing, Don? Sure. Um, you're not done. It stands up. But it's Don. not. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. No wonder your show is number one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to ENN. On Tiwi. Ray Row. I'd like to start off tonight's edition of ENN by saying good evening to Michael. Well, there's going to be a 20-year endeavor that I'm getting into with Don. It's interesting. Mm. Also, should be noted that ENN tonight is brought to you by Jake's 58 Casino Hotel. Kick back and relax at Jake's 58 with the Stay and Don package or maybe the Stay and Play package. Discover the excitement you've been missing at Jake's 58 Casino Hotel. If gambling is a problem for you or someone you care about, please call the 24-hour toll-free helpline 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. I'd also like to say uh, good evening to Michael. Because you blew in his ear? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Interesting. And I'd like to say good evening to Don. I would never leave the house. And good evening to Don. If Rusty Wallace made advances on my wife on my honeymoon, I would have thrown him overboard. To Don again. Don LaCrecca was blowing in my ear when I was sleeping. Can we do something about that? And lastly, good evening to myself. You're just a guy blowing in another guy's ear. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, lot to get to today. Sure. Let's start. Is that right? Yeah, let's start with the big news about the Brooklyn Nets, who have decided to hire Jacques Vaughn as head coach. Here's Woj on what happened. This was an organization who last week, when they made the change with Steve Nash, I think there was a lot of momentum toward Ime Udoka as their next head coach. But I think Vaughn has stabilized this team, won a couple of back-to-back games on the road, uh, played well in a loss to Dallas, and now they've got New York tonight in Barclays against the Knicks. I think for the Nets, there's a comfort level with Jacques Vaughn. He was their head coach in the bubble after Kenny Atkinson was let go as coach. And I think right now they see like a stabilizing presence in Vaughn. So what happened with Udoka then? There's no question with Ime Udoka and and certainly some of the backlash that would have come with his hiring. I I think Udoka is going to be a head coach again in this NBA uh, perhaps as soon as this offseason. But I think the timing for Udoka and the Nets, I just think it didn't match up with all that was going on and I think Brooklyn feels with Jacques Vaughn. They've got a coach who they believe has a respect of their players and has stabilized the team that was somewhat in free fall when he took over uh, last week. See, but I don't think that Jacques Vaughn is the coach because he stabilized the team. He's the coach because they didn't have the guts to go after Ime Udoka after everybody attacked them for it, rightfully. So, I mean, Jacques Vaughn had a great line before the game. You know, media availability, Peter. Somebody asked him about being second choice. He said, I laughed with my wife. I was her second choice, too. You know, you were, you, 
you run with it. You know, if you're the second choice, you got the job, now run with it. Go win. Right. Exactly. It doesn't matter for him. He got no. the opportunity. Yep. No, but the only... just always going to deny that he was never a candidate. They're denying it now. They denied it at the time. So will they ever admit that they caved to public pressure? No. Or, no. I just, my, my thing is that the whole idea that he stabilized the team uh, over the last three games. I, I don't know. Well, let's, could we see how stable it feels tonight? If they, lo- what if they lose by 30 at Barclays Center? That's tonight? not stable. That wouldn't feel that stable. All right, now, Peter, wh- here's, a, here's a trivia question. Okay. Who's a bigger Rollins College graduate? Chris Russo or Fred Rogers? Oh, well, Fred Rogers. Yeah, okay. You, Buddy Epson or, or Chris Russo? Buddy Epson? Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. I don't think I know Buddy Epson. You so don't know who do. Buddy Epson is? I think I have to go with Russo. He lived till he was like 100. Jim Bowden or Chris Russo? Anthony Perkins of Psycho or Chris Russo? And Perkins is big. Clay Bellinger, former National League MVP, or Chris Russo? Hmm. It's a good game. There's going to be a new segment. <laughs> Uh, a segment we, who's more famous than Russo? No, what Rollins College alum is more famous than Russo? Uh, Blah. Woj also says that the Kyrie situation impacted the Udoka really? hire or lack thereof. So much of the Kyrie Irving situation that really certainly took over the franchise last week, put them in a position where they had to deal with that situation, which they finally did with a suspension uh, on Thursday, and then they turned their attention back to this coaching search. And I know the Nets talked to some other candidates out there. This is a very difficult time of the year to bring in a coach from the outside, and I think for the Nets, another coaching change would have made for a third head coach this season. They're going to stay with Jacques Vaughn now as they try to get this team righted and into the playoff conversation in the East. So let's ask Sean Marks the question. Why stick with Jacques Vaughn? Well, personally, I like the way the team has been playing. I mean, they've been competing at a high level. They've obviously rallied around each other. You know, they've rallied around the coaching staff. They've rallied around JV. And, you know, you know, he's he's been the catalyst for that. Um, so I've got to give him credit uh, in order for us to continue and to keep building and to get to where we need to do and where we need to be. Um, you know, we've got a long way to go. There's no doubt about that. But I think he's shown us that they've taken the right steps on the way and they can continue to show improvement and, and again. Again, it's just I, I look at the camaraderie that the players have shown. You know, they're having fun, they're enjoying each other, and they're competing at a, at a high level. Well, when they I, say aren't, aren't they two and two under him? Yeah, am I missing something? I mean, they're acting like they went off on a run. It, it, it's 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 almost the description of what's going on here is as if he's been the interim head coach for twenty five games right. and over yes. that time. They're seventeen and and eight. They're it's two and two. really startling. Now, if you're going to go by his what are logic, they? two and they're... two and two and one. I think two and two. Two and two. I mean, really? That's that's the well, run that they're on. Then, by his logic, you're two and zero oh without Kyrie. So why don't you just cut him? <laughs> well, no, two and one without Kyrie. Oh, two and one. Well, still, they, they lost the game against Dallas, <laughs> but they were in it, and yeah. that's still better than two and two. That's why their messaging is wrong. Everything they've done is wrong. You know, they 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 probably after they fired Steve Nash, if they had not suspended Kyrie. They might have been able to sneak through Ime Udoka without as much resistance from the, the public. Mm-hmm. But the, the Kyrie thing and then the Udoka thing on top of it, it just makes it look like uh, you know the kind of dumpster thing that you find behind diners. You know, the wilted lettuce. 
Oh, oh yeah, just stink. just filth in that. There's yeah. filth in that Those trash Those flies, can. the fruit flies. Well, the man sifting through the fruit flies and lettuce is Jacques Vaughn, and here he is on being named the Nets head coach. I guess I was the write-in candidate in the uh, minds of elections right now, but uh, I'm okay with that. I, I said to my wife, I might have not been her for, first choice, and uh, we've, we've been together 20 years, so you know it could all work out, so off we go. I was honest with you guys. I was in the mindset of coaching that Chicago game. That's what I was asked to do, and I did it. And then the next day, we had off day, then I was asked to do practice, and I did it. And it's just, it brought me to this point. I'll tell you what. Whatever happens, he does seem like he has the right demeanor to handle this situation. Yes, but you're right. That is a very aware, self-aware person of how you need to handle this whole thing. Good work by Jacques Vaughn. Um, here's Nick Friedel, uh, Kyrie Irving's favorite media foe on Barton Hahn earlier. What's going to happen with Kevin Durant now? The Kevin, will he go, will he stay conversation is going to be answered, in my opinion, over the next month here because the Nets have a really difficult schedule. They're on the road for most of November. They've already started poorly. They haven't looked the way a lot of people thought they would. So if they run through November and they're just losing game after game after game, then I'd expect that conversation, no matter what happens with this Kyrie situation that is still unfolding, the Kevin conversation will probably be revitalized here over the next few weeks you know i, I when i'm listening to nick Friedel's voice i feel like getting into a nice hot bath putting really? some incense on yeah that is an interesting take by you it's a beautiful voice he reminds me of ryan Rosillo, voice wise uh let's let's hear from Friedel. when will we see Kyrie on the court again you're never supposed to say, I have no idea, but that is <laughs> the most honest answer I can give you right now. And the reason is because I'm still unsure about what's going to happen with this whole Kyrie deal. I know that there are people in that locker room who miss him. He's developed a lot of strong relationships in there. I also know how many people inside the organization were so upset at the initial posts, at that first press conference, at the second press conference. So there are so many different things to work through here. But to say for certain oh well i think that everybody's gonna get healthy and and seth curry and joe harris are gonna keep shaking the rust off of their game and ben simmons is gonna be better well that's all well and good but there is still a chance certainly that we don't see Kyrie again on the floor with this team depending on how all the steps of what the nets want to see from him work out so nobody knows and anybody who tells you they know how this thing's gonna play out uh, they're lying let me say this I you, you know I have a lot of mixed feelings on this whole subject. I, I think that uh, what Kyrie did was stupid. I think that what the Nets did to handle it was heavy-handed. I think right now they've set a bar that's just it's silly. It's dragging something out now to try to prove a point when they already missed the bus on, on what that point is. But one thing that is clear is that it's not a great indicator that it's being reported that Kyrie himself has not really met with the team. He talked to Adam Silver today reportedly. And they supposedly had a productive conversation. But it sounds like so far, all of the dealings between the brass and Kyrie Irving, Michael, has been happening between uh, the Nets brass and Kyrie's parents. Yep. So not a, great in, not a great indicator in regard to, like, does he actually get it? Like, I, I, I will say that, like, even though Michael and I both feel it's silly that they demand him, he go to something called anti-Semitism training, which I've never heard of. 
to try to get him to understand. Evidently, there is something not connecting because he's still not sitting down to have a conversation himself. And, and just for the record, whatever job you have, you get involved in a scandal of involving uh, race, religion, gender, etc. At any remotely reputable business in this era, you are having conversations with your bosses. Agreed, Michael? Absolutely. I yeah, mean, not- the fir- one of the first things you should have done was sit down with with Sean Marks and Joe Sy. Joe Sy specifically pays him the money. I mean, this is a corporate gig. Let's right. be honest. You're not playing in an indie league. How do you Kyrie's get some- a different bird? How do you get somebody to get it? Like you said, they were heavy-handed with the whole anti-Semitism sensitivity training thing. Like, how do you get somebody to understand what they did was wrong? I think well, to Michael's the, point, you don't. And, well, and, and the, the, the thing the with Kyrie way to do it is to affect their pocketbook, well, and and they're doing that, and it still doesn't affect them. But, but we, and this is where I kind of side with you guys from yesterday is that you don't want to make Kyrie out to be the victim either because he will run with that. Like you don't want to. See, the problem with Kyrie is he'll do whatever he can, I guess, at some point to get back and play, but he still wants to leave it out there that maybe, just maybe, he was right. But here's the amazing thing. If you cannot get Kyrie to conform this year, where he's playing for his future money, he'll never conform. If he can't do it on a one-year deal when he saw that there was no money out there, that's why he opted into the final year of his contract. If he can't do it this year... He will spend the – I'm not saying that somebody will not always take a chance on him. He will spend the rest of his NBA life on one-year deals. Nobody's going to give him a four-year deal. you got to be crazy. The only team that might would be oh, – I don't know, let me think. The Nets. I, I think – let me say this. Even for the most ardent Kyrie defenders, of which I know there are plenty listening, the one thing you'll have to admit, no matter how you feel about the vaccine or how you feel about the movie he put, he put on his Twitter page – I think you I think it's impossible to argue that it's not difficult having him that it's not always something. I mean has there been a player in professional sports the last few years that we've talked more about their off the court or field antics than Kyrie? Right. And is it is it worth it at the end of the day? And is it worth what it even though he's a him? sick player is it worth it? Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, um, another sick player is Josh Allen. And he is apparently day-to-day. Let's hear from his head coach, Sean McDermott. He's day-to-day. And the next question will be, is he going to play? And the answer is, we'll see. So based on the medical report that that we have, Josh is day-to-day. So we'll see. They're hanging on right now, guys. Uh, If he can't play, of course, the great Case Keenum, who I know well, will be under center on Sunday. Well, I was surprised what Olofsky said. He said they have no chance to win the division. I still think Buffalo is a pretty good team, and when they're not hurt, their defense is really good. Well, here's I think why their defense could win games. It can, but here's why I didn't agree with your argument yesterday. You said this, Michael. You mentioned that, well, is Case Keenum as consistent or more consistent than Zach Wilson? And he may be. But here's what I would ask you. 
Is Case Keenum significantly worse than Josh Allen? Yes. And as we stand right now, the Jets are a half a game behind Buffalo, who's had Josh Allen at the helm all year. So right. it's not really about what Josh Allen is relative to, I mean, what, what Case Keenum is relative to Zach Wilson. It's what Josh Allen is relative to Case Keenum. Yeah, but the, the one argument that Orlovsky made that I think is somewhat sketchy, he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rounding it off, 27 touchdowns, and Josh Allen has been involved in 25 of them. Well, yeah, he's the quarterback. Everything revolves around him. You'd have to change the way you do it and go to a running-centric game with Case Keenum, but I think that their defense is going to win them a lot of games. Yeah. I still think they could win their division. Now, they've also got a couple of losses within their division. They've already lost to Miami. They've lost to the Jets. How much losing will they do with Case Keenum? You know, I found it interesting what was said by uh, Dan Orlovsky about that he thinks Miami wins the division. Uh, I think the Jets' defense is just better. And, yeah, Tua right now is probably a better quarterback, slightly more experienced than Wilson. But that defense, to me, is a difference maker. Plus, the Jets already have a win against Miami. Yep. So, they would, you know, we'll see what happens later on this season when they play in Miami. But I was kind of surprised that he just kind of said, oh, it's Miami. Probably because he thinks the quarterback's better. But does that defense balance it out? This defense looks pretty special. Wasn't it so obvious to all of us that at this point in the year, not only would the Jets be sitting at six and three, but would have the best record in the division? Wouldn't everybody? It's it is crazy. And and somebody on Twitter um, or asked the question, why are the Jets ahead of the Giants in the power rankings? And I think it's simple: is because the Jets have that quintessential win. That win against Buffalo is is so impressive. Can I, who asked who asked that question? Let me tell you. Something. It was just something on Twitter. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was yo, to us, yo, yo. just happened to be on Twitter. Want, whoever that is, is a yo. Somebody yo. called in about it too, according to Anthony. No, yo yo. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I, I listen. The Giants have a chance to be a good team, no doubt. They could have a good year. The Giants have maximized their potential so far. The Jets have not. The what's the, the Giant? Yeah, and hey, listen, this is coming from a Giant fan. But what win do the Giants have that's as impressive as the Jets beating the Bills? You know, you would think that beating the Packers, but no, it Pack- not anymore. Pack- Packers not are a anymore. lousy football team. Yeah. That is not an impressive win. Sorry. Neither it was impressive the at the, the time. Packers. Yep. It was impressive at the time, but isn't there enough evidence to say that the Jets and the Giants beat, at best, a an average football team? At best. Just, Probably no, you, not you, you even You can make that. the case the Jets' defeat of the Bills is, is one of the biggest wins in the NFL. Well, they're 11-point dogs. Right? What was it? It was only like the fourth time since the merger that a team had been double-digit underdogs. There were two games above 500 at the time that they played them. And they beat them outright. Now, were the Bills compromised? Clearly on the defensive. But they won the game. And, and you look at the Giants, as impressive as 6th and 2 is, the best team that they played is Dallas, and they lost. And they lost it at home. Now, I'm not saying the Giants couldn't go out there and beat a, a good team. But... I think that's probably why you give the Jets the nod right now. Well, they did beat, let's see, they beat the Titans and the Ravens. Those are not bad wins. No, and and the Titan win was in Tennessee. Right, and Titans are going to win, probably win their division. Yeah, Titans. Let's hear from us. Let's let's hear from Greeny on Get Up saying that he believes Saquon is the non-QB MVP of the league. 
The most valuable player in the National Football League right now who does not play quarterback is named Saquon Barkley, Chris Canty, for your old team, the New York Football Giants, and I will tell you why. If you take Tyreek Hill off the Dolphins, they might still have something. If you take Saquon Barkley off the 6-2 New York Giants, they would be 0-8. In fact, they'd be 0-9. They would have lost games they haven't even played yet. They would be so bad. He's on pace for 1,655 rushing yards. He's on pace for 60 catches on a team where no one else currently has more than 20. He is the entire offense. When everyone knows it's coming, they can't stop it. And the Giants, I know they just had a bye and lost the week before, so the whole world has forgotten that they are actually having the most surprising season in the NFL. I'm looking at you, Canty. Saquon is the MVP. Do you mm. wonder what Chris said? Mm. You want to know? Just tell me. Well, I don't know. I'd have to play it for you. I have it right here. Yeah, let's hear it, and then cut it off after your answers. Okay. I know what you're doing, Greeny, and I'm not going to let you get away with it. What is it? You're just upset that Tyreek Hill chose the Miami Dolphins over you. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what this is all about. You don't want to give Tyreek yeah. Hill his credit. We've got, Garrett, this We've got Garrett Wilson. I'm not Stop worried about it. it. Talk to me about Saquon Barkley and why he is not, He is the entire offense on the New York Giants. And they have six wins. Listen, they have the same number of wins as Miami does. Nobody had the Giants as a playoff team on the bingo card. And right now, if they play 500 yeah, ball the rest of the way, they're going to be a double-digit win team. You couldn't have gotten off to a better start with the Brian Dabo, Joe Shane era, New York Giants football, and Saquon is the identity, not only of the offense, but of the entire team. They run the offense through Saquon Barkley, whether it's a receiver or catching passes. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, Love listen, Saquon is bit. special and, and I think he's having an amazing season. You're going to be surprised how fresh cash can motivate a guy because it's a contract season. Ooh. But the right answer is Tyreek Hill. So there you have it, and that will do it for Ooh. E-N-N wow. on this Wednesday evening. Ah, Grady and M. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.